Hi there, and welcome to the Christmas edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast. and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. It's the Christmas edition. It's a couple of days before Christmas. So we're all hyper here at Jersnet. We're all looking at the presents under the tree, wondering what we're getting for Santa. We've got something a wee bit early today, thanks to a wee Colombian and two special goals and one last minute perler, an absolute corker, uh, for long spells today. It didn't look like we were going to get anything, but we did. Uh, so we'll have a look at that. We'll have a wee look at uh, the upcoming games against Celtic and Hibs at Ibrox. And we'll have a wee look at sort of festive season memories. Uh, you know, speak to the guys about things that they remember from this time of year, from years gone past. Joining me tonight on the podcast, I'm your host, by the way, Colin Armstrong. I should get my own introduction out of the way. Joining me tonight is the gaffer. He's back on. He only comes on when I'm on. I think he's, I think he's checking up on me. It's Stuart Franklin. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm very well, Colin. Thanks. Um, like you say, it was I was too good at um, about one o'clock this afternoon, but it's things improved a wee bit after that. So we're in a in a better better fettle now. Are you all set for uh, Santa coming? Yeah, yeah, all ready to go. We had all a, ready to go. Are you cooking? No, no, my mum's cooking this year. Actually, my, normally my wife does it, but we've been invited over to my parents, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. And also joining us tonight is uh, another Jersnet stalwart. It's David Fraser. How are you doing, Fra- uh, David? I was going to call you Fraser. How are you doing, David? Not too bad, thanks, Colin. Echo uh, Stuart's sentiments about feeling a lot better after the game than I was at uh, about one o'clock. So I uh, it was it was a long shift, wasn't it? Uh, the, 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 at half time, I thought the game was a bogey, and I went out on Twitter. Made a bit of an arse of myself, actually. I went out on Twitter saying that the game's a bogey, we're not coming back. And when we did, well, there was there was plenty getting poured in about me, let me, let me tell you. But no, enjoyable. What about you, David? Are you all ready for Christmas? Are you all set up? Uh, me, personally, I don't know. It could be a, could be a fraught morning tomorrow. Uh, yeah, last minute, man. I'm afraid I am, I? Uh, I'm this year. Uh, I'm this year. But the, the missus, she's got everything else looked into shape, you know. The, the ladies tend to do that at Christmas time, you know. They, they're ahead of the game and uh, knock things into shape early doors. So, um, uh, I'm alive I've, enough. Just, I've got, just after the course, really, cool. Are you cooking? Uh, no. <laughs> am I the only one? Am I the only one cooking? I'm doing the dinner. Am I the only mug that's doing it? Sounds like it. <laughs> I, I think I'm making some soup actually, but I think that's oh, so, uh, uh, day, so. my, my soup's are pretty pretty good. So that's as far as I'll go. I don't mind cooking for take a time right enough, but yeah, my, my wife's usually a bit better. So is, 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 it, is it a ton of Heinz? Is that what I asked you? No, I'll I'll, I'll chuck a couple of weeks <laughs> in and some some lentils. That'll uh, <laughs> stop cues and we'll be all right. I think. Graham's yeah. cooking. Graham's cooking. He's mentioned in the chat there. He's he's cooking. All right. Well, I, I should let the listeners know. I've held his back tonight. Uh, my boy had his his football sort of bowling night, so I was sort of dealing with that. So you guys have had some chat. So is Graham cooking? Graham's cooking. Oh, that sounds <laughs> that would that, that sounds like it'd be a good night out. That actually. I hope he's uh, just no. I hope he's actually <laughs> cooking the dinner. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would be, I would be wary. Of Graham's cooking. I've got to be honest. With you. I know he's listening in, and he's not going to comment. But 
Uh, aye, I, I would I would be wary of Graham's cooking. Right, let's get on to the matters in hand. First things first, though, before we talk about the football, there's been a bit of a debate on Jair's net about Die Hard, whether it's a Christmas movie or not. So I'm going to put it to the panel that are on tonight. My view is, under no circumstances, is it a Christmas movie? It's an action movie set at Christmas. Nothing to do with Christmas. I'm sick of it. And Graham is another one. I know he's listening in again. He's another one that's pushed this thing. Absolutely no way is it a Christmas movie. Stuart, your your views? I tend to agree with you, um, Colin. You don't I, sound convincing, though. Well, just because I think the writer of the, the, the film suggested it was a Christmas Christmas movie. So if he's saying that, then obviously he's got a, some, a, a, a more of a stake in the game than you or I. But I, I tend to think it's, it isn't a Christmas film. There's too much action and not enough Christmas in it from my, my point of view. Thank you. David? It's a Bruce Willis film called... <laughs> yes, thank you. No Christmas about it. It came out in July. How can it be a Christmas film? How can a Christmas film come out in July? Absolute nonsense. So that's that, that's that debate settled. So on to the football in hand. Obviously, we were up the road in Perth today against Johnson. And for long, long periods, the first half especially, I, I thought it was dire. Really, really bad. I mean, I know we, we played quite well on Wednesday night against Subs and just couldn't get the break. Today it was the total opposite. We never looked like scoring. We won nothing down just before half time. And I have to be honest at that point, I thought I thought we were a busted flush because I just couldn't see Rangers scoring two goals. But came out the second half, Stevie G made some changes, brought in Middleton, uh, brought in Lafferty and Morelos got the goal sort of 55 minutes and then two minutes to go we get the win. So it feels it feels probably a bigger win than it probably should have because of the nature of it. Sure, and because of that, I'll come at you first on this. How big a win did that feel for Rangers today? Well, it was massive. Um, obviously, we're trying our best to to, to stay uh, around about the top of the table if we can. So if we drop points this afternoon, it would have um, allowed Celtic to open up a wee gap, and then there's a pressure for us to to get a result against Hibs and and and. Uh, trying even to stay behind them uh, even if we beat them at Ibrox uh, on, on next Saturday so to get the three points after being 1-0 down I mean I've got, got to give the, the players a lot of credit I mean on the forum at half time I think everybody was going going mental and um, it was difficult to blame them and I didn't blame you for being negative either because I, I don't think there'd be very many Rangers fans would, would, would see us uh, getting back into that game or winning 2-1 today but I mean credit to the manager he, he changed things uh, Middleton came on for Gresda and, and Lafferty came on for Koulibaly and, and right away we actually had 11 players on the pitch instead of 9 so that, that obviously made a difference and to be fair we've been fairly critical of Lafferty on here or at least I have um, but the big man made a bit of difference today I think he, he worked very hard he, his link up play was good he was unlucky not to score a couple himself um, and and because he was on the pitch, it was it created a bit more space for Morelos. It created a, some space sort of in, in the channels, and eventually we took advantage of that. And I, th- I think we're end of the day we we deserve to win. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, an hour in, I would, I, I would have, as I said, I, I, I just couldn't see Rangers getting anything. But by the end of the game, you felt that undoubtedly they deserved it. They'd, they'd done enough in that last half hour to to win the game. I thought. But I'll focus on the first half performance. David, I, I, I think these, I've, we've spoke about these in the pod before. I think these type of performances have, 
initially they sort of peppered sort of Stephen Gerrard's reign. I think they're becoming more common now. It seems to be, I was actually a wee bit surprised on Wednesday, the standard of the performance played really well on Wednesday. You know, I was a wee bit surprised with that. In the first half today, I wasn't surprised. I thought, oh, here we go again. You know, these performances, I think, are becoming uh, more frequent. So how do we change that? What do we need to do to sort of eradicate these performances? Because I think we've got a chance of winning the league this year, but if we keep on, especially away from home, churning out these performances, they could they could damage any sort of challenge. So how do we get rid of them? How do we eradicate these sort of performances? Um, it's difficult to say, Colin. I think if you know, push comes to shove, I would say we need to invest in better players. I think what, you, what we've seen with performances like today's first half performance is that I think you're seeing players that are struggling to play under the demands that being a Rangers player brings. Uh, I, I genuinely think that, that a lot of these players are wilting under the pressure of having to perform and having to win every week and drive the play. You know, just be be on the front foot and, and dictate play. It's all very well, you know, having possession and knocking square balls about the pitch, but but there's no real drive and threat in terms of creating chance. I mean, we, we've spoke about this umpteen times in previous pods about Dalaka chance creation and watching today you know looking at Andy Halliday picking the ball up you know and trying to start moves and he's I mean Andy's no harm Andy's he's slow at the best of times but I think the lack of movement in front of him and then he's, he, he looks even slower and it's just just everything about the, the forward line Alfredo accepted it's just there's just something about the there's something lacking there so to answer your question I think that I think the managers, the management and the board need to find some money and they need, to, uh, they need to unearth a couple of players at the very minimum that are going to alleviate some of the genuine pressure that some of these boys, especially in the middle of the park, are feeling at the minute when it comes to making chances. I mean, you've seen the day Scott Arfield goes out the, the, the team through injury, Ryan Jack goes out the team through injury, you've got a midfield three, a Andy Halliday, Ross McCrory and Lasana Kula-Ball and you see how, how much they struggle today. So these boys need help. If we're going to be suffering from niggly injuries over you know the next month or so, these guys are going to need to be helped and that means bringing in additional players, I think. Do you think it's middle to the front that, that needs to be addressed or would you be happy just to keep the defence or the majority of the boys there? If, if you're going to address certain areas of the team, do you think it's middle to front that needs to be addressed? Per se, no. No, I, I think we, we could be doing a couple of defenders, but I'm, I'm, I'm coming from the, the angle that that maybe we've got budget constraints, so it's a case of where do you, where do you prioritise? I think we're okay at the back. Obviously, Borna Barisic has got a, a medium-term injury today. The, the manager's confirmed that he'll be, he won't be back until after the resume, after the winter break. So... That sounds like a like he's he's broken down again. Uh, he's been struggling, obviously, with trying to regain some match sharpness. I've, I've been on record as saying I think we might we might be better served going for another centre half. Um, but to answer your question, I think I you've seen the day that we struggle to break down or an organised organised teams who are not going to give you space. I think you've seen the Wednesday night Easter Road that. That Hibs, whilst not been scintillating, but 
they play in open fashion. They, they, they try to win football matches. I think it's just how they're coached by Benio Lennon. And I think that played into Rangers' hands. But you see the day, a team that's essentially set up to be tight and to nick goals, you know, they're, they're not going to be expansive in their play. Uh, St. Johnson under Tommy Wright. And you see that the guys, like, you know, the three that I mentioned, they're struggling to pack passes. And if you get somebody like Eris Gresda that's not really firing any cylinders, uh, never mind all cylinders, and Daniel Kandesu, you know, to be fair to Danny, he's, he tries like anything, he, he's disciplined, he works hard, but you can't expect Daniel Kandesu, as limited as he has, to create other chances. And if, uh, again, you know, <laughs> the old chestnut of James Tavernier, if Tavernier's, you know, if he's nullified or he's maybe not 100%, then where else is the, the, the chance creation coming from? Especially given, you know, the, the injuries that we, we had today in regards to, to Scott Arfield. So I think you've got to prioritise middle front, as you say. Sure. As uh, as David pointed out there, Borna Barris, it's, I mean, he's not long back in the team. And uh, I thought against Hamilton, uh, the Hamilton game at Ibrox, I actually felt for the boy because he must have sent and it must have been well into double figures the, the the amount of quality balls that he sent into the box that day and and no one no one got in the end of them. So considering he's just got back into the team and it was starting to look like he was he was coming on a game, how big a blow I mean it, it's, as David's pointed out and as, as I think Stephen Gerrard confirmed after the game today, it looks like it's a bad one and he's out for a while. How big a blow is that for us considering the fixtures that are coming up you know, Hibs against, and uh, Hibs and the, the Celtic game? Uh, it's a big blow. Um, Barisic, I think, has looked um, pretty good since his return for injury. I, I, I think before his first injury, he was half decent, but just sort of finding his way. But uh, against Hibs, I'm right there, I thought he had an excellent game and was a big threat down that side. And it's important because I think Tav's been on form for the last, sorry, five or six games and sort of been struggling a wee bit so it's, it's good to somebody have another player on the opposite side of the pitch to to, to, to help with that and it obviously aids to the, to the balance of the team as well so taking him out then means we're having to play either Flanagan or Halliday I, I don't think Wallace will stay in the team I don't think he did too badly today but you could tell he hadn't played for the best part of two years uh, so I uh, losing Barisic is a bit, of, a bit of a nightmare to be honest but as I say we, we still have players there that, that can do the job the problem is it will affect the quality again I mean uh, Flanagan has struggled in the last few games he's played and after doing okay at the start of the season so it's a bit of risk playing him Halliday's done okay over there but he's not the quickest whereas Forrest is I mean I'm talking about obviously Celtic first but even even Hibs they, they can play Martin Boyle on that side who's quick so it's um, it's a bit of worry in terms of anybody that's got a bit of pace can get past uh, somebody like Halliday uh, Wallace has a bit more pace but today he looked at least two yards off that pace so losing Barisic is a bit of is, is, is a big problem for, for Gerard. it's difficult to, to, to suggest how we how we deal with that um, one idea is we could possibly go to go to a three at the back I mean Celtic again we're missing out the Hibs game here but Celtic often play three at the back and, and play Forrest at, at one back so it wouldn't surprise me if they did that on Saturday so it may be an idea if we matched up with them in that sense and we could actually play Middleton there or uh, or even Gresda um, and just go sort of 
work one for one against each other there, but that would be a, obviously a better risk. So we do have options. It's just a vital that the manager finds a correct one for the two games. David, as Stuart said there, Lee Wallace was, was kind of surprisingly, uh, I was quite surprised to see him on the bench. He was reintroduced today. And obviously with injury to Barisic, he, he came on. As Stuart pointed out, I thought he looked quite off the pace. And one thing Wallace was always good at was always sort of going beyond the strikers and, and the wide men and, and, and offering that sort of outlet. And it, it, he didn't do that at all today. I thought he looked like he hadn't played a lot of football in the last two years. But that aside, given the Barisic situation and, and, and you know the sort of issues we have at left back, does he now have a, a chance to take a claim in the, in the coming games or is it just a case you seen his contract out and then it's cheerio? Uh, I, I'm not too sure on that one, Colin. Um, I, I believe that Stephen Gerrard said that it's, it's up to Lee what he wants to do, so maybe he's left the door open to him. I don't know. Um, I, I, I would tend to agree with yourself in that he'll run his contract down and he'll, he'll leave in the summer, but there's obviously been rumours flying about that the Wigan have been sniffing about that he could well move on in the, the January window. But given that Barisic has, has picked up an injury, uh, again, would that then have a knock-on effect with, with that possibly not taking place? I don't know. Um, again, as, as you guys have rightly mentioned, I, you could see that, that Lee was obviously rusty. Um, again, it was culpable for the goal, you know, and I mean, it was, it, 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 him and Halliday got done for the goal. I know, you're, you're, you're spot on there. Um, I mean, that Lee Wallace, even when he, he was at his peak fitness, I don't really fancy him much as a defender, I thought. Um, I thought he escaped a lot of criticism and uh, let's call him the banter years uh, when he was he was due criticism and he was ex- he was he was excused criticism because he he sacrificed his his career for the, the good of the club and all that. And I thought it was well well way to the mark. But that said, um, Lee Wallace is a decent player when he's hundred percent fit. He's not going to he's not going to get much sharp overnight. So. Um, I'm with you, Colin. I, I think that you may well um, not see him on Wednesday uh, against Hibs. Uh, I'd be surprised to see him play any part in the game against Celtic other than covering for injuries. So um, I think it's very much a case of that today was, you know, um, like the second string Rangers squad for the game today. But uh, I don't know, honestly, I don't know. I would think that he would, he would move on at some point, whether that's January or whether it's the, the end of his contract this summer. I doubt very much whether he'll be off up new terms. Yeah, I, I, I think his days are numbered. And I was actually, I mean, I know he's not kicked the ball <clears throat> in anger for Rangers for, you know, for, for any sort of period of time for, a, for probably about two years, as I said earlier on. But even then, I, I was still quite surprised at how slow he looked today. I just thought, oh, you know, it, it just shows you Playing games, you can be fit, but that that playing games gives you that the match fitness that people talk about. You know that sharpness, and he just looked well off it today at times. He done a job. He, he covered that area, but he didn't look like the Lee Wallace that you know I, I remember from a couple of years ago. So yeah, I agree. I think his days at, at Rangers are numbered, and it's, it's sad how his career's kind of came to an end at Rangers, but. I suppose it is what it is, and I, I, I don't think Stephen Gerrard has any inclination to keep him there. Sure, we've already mentioned him, Eros Gresda. I think we're getting to the point 
when you kind of have to ask the question, what exactly is this boy giving to Rangers a, a, a really poor performance game? And I think to a lesser extent, Daniel Candias, you know, out the front three, you know, you could, to me, you could, Middleton made an impact when he came on, but that front three in the first half of uh, Dresda, Candias, and Morelos, you know, outside Morelos, they struggled. So, you know, are, are they doing enough? I don't think they are. Are these guys, particularly Gresda, are they doing enough in the Rangers jersey at the moment? Gresda definitely isn't, um, that's for sure. Um, he's he's been a, a big letdown, actually. I mean, he's, he's had several games now, so you'd like to think he'd sort of be settling into the, the groove of the team, getting to understand... Uh, his teammates, where to make runs, when not to make runs, when to release the ball, when to take a run. And unfortunately, he's not really been doing it. I mean, even the other night there against Hibs, I thought he was fairly average. Didn't do a huge amount wrong, but there was times when he was getting the ball in good positions and he was trying to play passes. I don't know if he was trying just a bit too hard, trying to force things when he keep it, maybe keep it simple, but passes weren't coming off and he's losing the ball. When he comes short, with any sort of pressure, on him, he loses the ball or his touches is really bad. So it takes two or three touches to get the ball under control. And if he's not lost it by that point, then he has to pass it back the way anyway. I do have a bit of sympathy for him in the fact that the team is not playing well. So he's not getting the ball in good positions enough. So um, I think he's definitely a player that needs to be out on the touchline. He needs to get the ball facing the other, other, uh, opposition's defence. I don't think he's much use uh, with his back to goal. Um, so I think I'd like to hope that he's going to improve as the team improves but the problem is he can't afford to do that on the park I mean today was a man down um, you mentioned Candias I thought Candias was his sort of usual workman like self the problem with Candias is I mean nobody can deny the hard work he, he does in fact he he did really well the other night there again at Easter Road there was one chance that I think I can't remember if it was McCrory that gave the ball away and it was Martin Boyle one on one um, with Candias it looked like Boyle was going to get clean through but Candias got back and won it and it's that type of defensive play that, that really ticks a lot of boxes for Rangers fans but in terms of his creative plays he's a bit sort of one dimensional and that he wants to get the ball under control and cross it and as, as much as he creates a lot of goals um, there's a, a decent amount of assists his crossing isn't always good enough certainly when he's not playing well so I think he'd probably be one of the last players I'd be looking to drop um, Koulibaly again today just uh, I, I don't know what that, that guy brings to the team he just he doesn't seem to have any idea where he's playing um, and again he was a man down today he, he's, he didn't make any effort at the St Johnston goal to get across to try and block, block the, uh, the cross the left back and his attacking play I mean I think there was one point he was trying to get into the box and I think he stumbled over the ball about 10 times it just didn't seem to be able to get under control and it's, it's really frustrating to watch in a creative sense it just isn't working I think for, right for Tav he's having a as mentioned earlier he's not having a, a good period just now we're, we're really struggling creatively um, and it's it's hard to to pick out individuals when there's, there's four or five guys that are really not doing the business so it's maybe been unfair on you to say Grace does crap Gulabali's crap but the fact is that they're only doing the business so it's it's makes it makes it more and more difficult to to make a case for them to, to be in the team and um, 
I think they're quite lucky just now that guys like Murphy's injured because and, and Doran's because these guys would be well before them in the team and they've, they've offered a lot well I think Murphy's offered a lot more than Gresda they're quite similar types of players so there's the, the jury's out I mean I think it's too early to write that lad off but um, he needs to improve a whole lot um, if he's going to, to make it at Ibrox I, I, I agree I, th- I mean I think <clears throat> Gresda got a couple of goals was it the uh, the Motherwell game when we beat them 7-1 I think it may have been the Motherwell game I can't remember but it got a couple of goals and there was a wee sort of 20 minute period in that game I thought oh actually I'm starting to see now what he brings to the team but since then nothing I get you with Koulibaly I thought first 10 minutes today 15 minutes he looked bright and I thought alright here we go he's maybe up, up for it today but then he just kind of fell and he's he's sort of normal game since I mean he, he started his Rangers career well but Obviously, he was out injured, and since he's came back, I think he's struggled. Uh, Candias, I find quite frustrating. Uh, I, 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 I agree with you. I think he's he's fairly one-dimensional going forward. And I, I found myself talking and talking to my boy about him one day, and I says one of his greatest strengths is see when he gives the ball away, he wins it back. But then I sort of said to myself, well, wait a minute, that means he's giving the ball away a lot. You know, so... Going forward, he's a hard worker and I would never, that's all you can ask for players is they give their all and that's one thing I don't think you could you could claim that Candias doesn't give you. He gives you everything on the part but I do sometimes think he lacks that wee bit of quality, eh, especially when it comes to his delivery and stuff like that but, you know, until the January window, eh, the January window, sorry, I, I don't know if, if there's anything we can do. David, coming back to you, Obviously, at half-time, one nothing down today. Stevie G made a couple of subs. Well, he brought on uh, Middleton straight away, which worked, because obviously just spoke about Gresda struggling. Then Lafferty came on after about 50, 55 minutes. You'd have to say they changed the game. Their impact in the game was was, was significant. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they definitely had an impact in the game. Obviously, Glenn Middleton's had an assist, provided the, the cross for the first goal. Kyle Lafferty again, he was, you know, he had a couple of chances to, you could, you could probably say he could have buried the two of them. Um, certainly the, the first one that the uh, the boy cleared off you know, just before the line, um, he should have done better there. The second one, he's, he's trying to volley it, try and cushion it and not put the laces through it. But, you know, another day, I'm possibly a, a sharper Kyle Lafferty. I know there was, there was talk about him possibly, you know, be touching go for even making the bench today, so I'll come a wee bit of slack there. Um, that, you know, a sharper Kyle Lafferty would have buried that. Uh, but I definitely they, they made they made a difference. Um, I don't know how much uh, we can read into the fact that the, the formation changed slightly. Um, there's been a school of thought that uh, the Rangers don't have the players to, to play this four three three formation that the manager seems to favour. Um, they went a wee bit more 4-4-2 when, when Lafferty came on and uh, they seemed to pay dividends. But yeah, I think that you know, given that St. George had been pretty comfortable up until maybe the hour mark, um, I think that when you've got a, a player on the pitch like Kyle Lafferty who is experienced, um, he's not been that great since he's came back to Rangers. I think a, a lot of that you can put down the fact that he's not playing a lot, he's not, he's not got a, a great degree of sharpness. But 
he knows what to do in the pitch. He knows he knows where to be. He's he's generally got, got decent control. He can link the play. I think you've seen that, and it does give centre halves through his, his physical stature something to think about. So yeah, I think that uh, the two substitutions um, made a difference, and, and the manager should should get some credit for that because he has taken a lot of criticism for no making substitutions. Uh, or, get, or, or getting them wrong. He has got them wrong on a few occasions, I think. And he's taking, Aye, no, you know, no, he's taking the criticism, so you're right. I think he deserves the credit today. I think he's he's two subs made a difference. Aye, that's a fair comment, Colin. I mean, if if, if he's, he's not made substitutions at the right time or he's elected to go with you know, what, what is seen as being incorrect personnel, then you've got to give the guy credit when he, when he does make positive changes and it comes off him. So, aye, they, they, they played a part in and he's getting the two goals and, and going on to win the match, thankfully. Sure. Obviously, Morelos was key today. You know, Middleton came on, sent over the, the, the cross for the equaliser. Totally turned the game. For, for thinking there was no hope, all of a sudden, you, you saw Rangers starting to get into the game. And then he scores that one every two minutes to go. I, I, I started to, I mean, I've been quite critical of Morelos in the past. I'll hold my hands up to that. And I think he deserves some of the criticism that he got. But this season under Gerard, it just seems to be going from strength to strength to strength. And I don't care about the, the discipline thing because I think that's over. I think that's over egged. I think that's exaggerated. Is he the best player in Scotland just now? Because he surely has a case to to to, to say that he has. Well, there isn't very many better. That's for sure. Um, he's definitely the best striker. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I think his all-round game is just is excellent for a 22-year-old. Um, I think he's physical. His touch is good. He's reasonable in the air. He's, he scores great goals. All right, his finishing isn't always fantastic, but whose is? Um, especially at that age, is that he's a full package. The lad actually is. It really, really is top class. I mean, there's other good players in other positions. I mean, James Forrest had a, a great season at, at Celtic, and and there's guys. I mean, I don't know at Kilmarnock's having a good, a good, uh, a good year. So there, but. In terms of overall importance and, and their overall contribution, then it has to be Morelos. I mean, the only goals he scored is assists. And so stats-wise, I don't think there's anything close to him. So, um, yeah, I think he is the best player in Scotland. And I think it's a bit of a conundrum now for Rangers. I think there's going to be a bit of a problem in the next few weeks. So there has to be teams interested in him at the very top level. Um, the, the, the good thing about having Gerard as manager is it brings an increased profile to the club for us in terms of signing players but it also brings a profile to the club in terms of any players that we've got that are playing well that other teams now will be interested in them and uh, Morelos has to be on the on the, uh, the, the, the the interest of other clubs because his, his contribution has been excellent and it's to be sell him now to be sell him at the end of the season um, and if, if we do who do we bring in so this is a bit of a problem going forward we've got um, I think we can only enjoy him as long as he's here. He's, he's really, really is top class, and I just hope he keeps scoring. And I really hope he gets the monkey off his back next Saturday and, and grabs a goal against Celtic because his overall play this season uh, deserves that. And if he can score on Saturday, then I think we'll win on Saturday. Right, moving on, and we've got the the preview coming up for Hibs and Celtic. Hibs uh, at Ibrox on Boxing Day and then Celtic on the 29th of December. Big games coming up. David, given we, you know, we, we dropped points at Easter Road last Wednesday night there and it was quite annoying because you know we dominated the game. and We, dro- we also dropped needless points against Dundee up at Ben's Park. 
surely given the fact that Celtic have a game in hand, these are must-win games, no? Aye, of course they're, of course they're must-win games, Colin. We've got, to, we've got to win our matches at home. It's as simple as that. You know, you, it's the, the same old story. If you, if, you, if you don't win all your home games and then, you know, win the vast majority your away games in the Scottish Premier League, you're, you're going to be up against it in terms of winning a title. So, aye, we've got to, I mean, first things first, one game at a time, let's get Hibs out of the way. Um, Hibs last Wednesday night, they were one of the greatest sides. I mean, they carried a threat, don't get me wrong, but we seem to boss them. After the first five, ten minutes, we, we seem to just take the game and we, we just couldn't fashion a, a good enough chance and, and the, the chances that were fashioned uh, more often than not, they were were done solely by Alfie creating a chance at nothing for himself, and he just he, he didn't have didn't have just that, that final couple of percentage points to to get a shot in target. So, um, aye, we've got to win. Uh, I would say for the Celtic game, you know, you you don't want to, you certainly don't want to lose. Um, but if we want to put down a mark and say, you know, we're serious about this and we're going to this January transfer window, we're going to strengthen. We're working on the basis that the Celtic are going to strengthen as well. And then you've got to, you've got to treat these games as must-win games. You've got to. It's just the two, two are big rivals. Um, the, you know, the, the top five traditionally biggest clubs in the country. We've got to beat them. We've got to beat them. So, I roll on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd agree. Absolutely. I think, you know, I think the statement we made at, at Tynecastle when, you know, when, when we beat them 2-1, went top of the league, that's a big statement. And they then let that slip and to, to lose top spot and then we go top of the league again and lose it again. Now, I pointed out to a couple of my footballing dads that, you know, as I said, I was at my boys' uh, bowling night tonight. You know, there's a lot of Celtic fans that are quite casual at the moment, but see if you think about it, two years ago, at this time of the season, the league was done. You know, as it currently stands, I know they've got a game in hand, but they're a point ahead of us. Now, if you reverse the tables, if if, it, if that was us, I'd be sitting here a wee bit worried now. I think, wait a minute, we were 20, 30 points ahead of that shower two years ago. Now it's doing to a point. I know we've got a game in hand. And I genuinely think if, if Rangers do a decent business in January, then they're in, they're in with a proper shout that they, they could win this title. So yeah, to make that statement, go to be Habs, go to be Celtic and let them know that, you know, we mean business. So yeah, absolutely, totally agree with you. Stuart, coming back to you, obviously Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield didn't, didn't feature today. Arfield came off at, at Easter Road, wee twinge in his hamstring. I would I would suggest that they, they're, they're being rested. No, they, they need to feature in, in the two upcoming games because these are Big big games, especially considering them at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Arfield. Uh, he's an interesting player. Arfield. He, he, he tends to sort of play in, in sort of fleeting glimpses for us. I, I don't think he ever has a fantastic ninety minutes. Um, maybe once or twice he's done that, but generally speaking, he sort of has periods of games where he does well and he, and he pops up where he's maybe not been in the game and, and creates a chance or scores a goal and 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 it's that unpredictability that that makes them important for us because I think David mentioned earlier on that we're, we're, we're too predictable so we need somebody like Arfield who can make that late run and who can score from midfield and support Morello so um, it, to get him in the team I think is probably more, more important than anybody else um, for Wednesday and, and certainly for Saturday um, 
Ryan Jack, I, I, I'm a big fan of Ryan Jack. I think there's certain times I wouldn't always play him, um, especially at Ibrox. Um, but I think against the better teams, um, I, I, th I think he's very worthwhile just because he holds that midfield, he reads the game well and he re recycles possession really, really well. So I, again, I'm, I'm hoping he's fit and available for, for the two games just because um, th these guys give you a platform to, to go on and, and, and create chances and to, to score goals and, and we need that platform. And I think it, it showed on, on Wednesday we had that. Um, ironically, I think we played even better on Wednesday in the second half after Arfield went off. But the, the argument is by that time, I think their career really came into the game and, and Hibs had sort of went backwards a bit. So maybe Arfield, if he'd still been playing, he would have um, taken advantage of some of the chances that we'd, we'd, uh, we'd made you know, late in the game. So. Aye, we really need them both fit if we, if we want to, to take maximum points. David, obviously Barisic was injured today and it's I, I think it's been a bit of a problem position for us all season because he's been injured so much. Two big games, obviously Lee Wallace, Lee Wallace was reintroduced today. Andy Halliday's an option or you've got Flanagan. Who would you go with? I'm not sure. Go on. Um... I think from a, dis a defensive perspective, you'd probably go with uh, John Flanagan. From a, a balance perspective, going forward, you'd probably go with Andy Halliday because I, I don't see um, I don't see Lee Wallace playing there. No, uh, I, I, I don't see Wallace getting in there. Certainly against Celtic, I don't think he'll. No, at all. no it, may, it may well be that, that if. If Wallace is going to play, I mean, if Wallace is going to play against Celtic, you'd like to think he's going to play most of the game against Hibs. But I, I'm not sure whether that's going to happen either. It's it's one of these things that that when, he, when he's when he's trying to keep everyone fresh, especially obviously when, when we're still in Europe, he tend to rotate the the, the team quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I'm. Just, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, do we really want, you know, a player like James Forrest attacking Andy Halliday or Lee Wallace for that matter? Um, I'd feel more assured from a, that defensive capability perspective with John Flanagan, but when he's played um, at left back, he's not looked the greatest, to be fair. Um, I think John Flanagan's lost He's certainly lost a yard of pace with his knee injuries, possibly too. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's easy to kind of jump to the negatives where the left-back position is concerned. And you could make a case that the Barisic, since he's come back in the team, hasn't been all that clever. He's, he's certainly, I mean, he can cross a ball, Bernard Barisic, but defensively, has he looked all that clever? Mm, the, the kind of jury's out in that one. I mean, he's, he's certainly not been, been poor, but you, you think yourself, get him off, but um, I I'd agree with you. It's, it's a problem position. Um, I know that they've, they've got an American lad in, in at, uh, at the Hummel Training Centre looking at him uh, in training. Uh, a left-sided player that plays at left back. So um, obviously they're not going to sign before January. So that doesn't really come into it. But to answer your question, Colin, I'm I'm, I'm unsure. I'm genuinely unsure. I can't. It would just be a toss a coin. To be honest, well, I, I, my own, I'm kind of similar. To be honest, you know, I, I don't think Wallace will feature. I think he showed today that he's 
he's too far off the pace. I fear for Halliday, based on that that final game at Celtic Park last season. I mean, Forrest just gave him a doing. And uh, if you you were asking me this question three, four months ago when Flanagan first came out in the side, I'd have been very happy to say Flanagan because he looked like a, a, a solid option. But recently, he's just he's just looked all over the shop. He's not winning any headers. He's you know he was never the best in terms of his distribution. But defensively, I always thought he was solid in the tackle. Positionally, he knew where to be. And you thought, right, well, even though it's not his natural position, he's got it covered. But recently, he's just looked all over the shop. And so I, I must admit, going into the Celtic game, that left-back position, that, that that worries me. I must admit, it really worries me. And that's one of the areas that I think that Celtic might look at and think they might get a bit of joy there. Uh, and, and in terms of who I would go for, I'm a bit like you. I, I, I genuinely, I don't know. I, 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 I think there's there's pros and cons for all of them. I would discount Wallace, Flanagan, and uh, Halliday. I, I don't know who I would go with. Stuart, we've obviously spoke about Morelos earlier on there. He's in, you know, I, I think we can all agree that under Stevie G, he has come on leaps and bounds. His performance midweek, I know he never scored, but the way he led the line, fantastic. And he's doing this week in, week out. Yet to score against Celtic, though. At home, we're only a point behind them. Surely this is a real big opportunity for him. You know, he really sort of put his name in lights. It's certainly set up for him to, to do that. Um, I think he's had chances in previous old for games. I remember one at Ibrox, I forget if it was the, the one in um, sort of September or later in the season. He, he had a, a head at the back post and then they had the one where he, he could have scored. To, it was a tap-in, wasn't it? He could have scored to equalise think to make it a two-all draw in the last season and he missed that as well, unfortunately. So um, it's beyond beyond time that he did score he does score against them so I'm hoping it'll be this week I mean we have to take the game to Celtic I mean um, early in the season we were doing not too bad and we went to Parkhead and, and didn't really play very well at all certainly in the first half and uh, I think Celtic hit the bar at least once and, and probably could have and should have been at least a, a goal or two to the good um, by half time the second half um, as the game went on we started to creep into it and it was just as we were starting to look a lot more dangerous and probably possibly the, the better team that, that Celtic scored um, so we're capable of doing it I think we just need that extra bit of belief okay we're not playing well just now or we're inconsistent we've been inconsistent all season um, I think if we can beat Hibs and I mean Celtic's got a hard game on Wednesday away to Aberdeen then it's, it's certainly all up in the air um, Celtic's not been great this season away from home um, it's a bit different, um, an old forum game, but this one's a different old forum game because they'll only have, what, five or six hundred fans there. Um, so it's it's set up for me else to grab a goal, but I, I think as much as we've said already tonight that it's um, it's unfair on the lad to, to place all the onus on him. The rest of the team need to turn up, uh, whether that's Lafferty up front or whether it's the, the attacking creative guys or whether it's defenders doing the business at the back and making and making sure Celtic don't score. Uh, the whole team need to play well. Um, if we do that, I've no doubt that we can get a win against Hibs and a win against Celtic. And if we do that, we're top of the league. And that has to be a really, really big incentive for all the players, for the manager. And he really has to focus on this week and they have to really believe in themselves to go out and do it. And one more um, really big push because after that they've got a few weeks off um, I'd like to think they'll 
uh, get a week away to go and have a holiday and get them back and get them training again and get stuck right in and really have a good go at this to the end of the season. I'm not convinced whether we can win the league this year. However, we've just as got, got just as good a chance as anybody else. A couple of signings in January will help, but first and foremost, we need to win on Wednesday. That's um, where we need to look at first and then take the game to Celtic on Saturday. I'm actually going to slightly disagree with you. I think we have a chance. I really do think, and I said this last year as well, I know I said this last year, and I'm maybe sounding like the, the eternal optimist, but my biggest thing with, with, with Brendan Rodgers' uh, Celtic side, they've never been challenged, really. You know what I mean? And this is probably the first time, you know, Steve Clark's doing a great job at Kilmarnock. Hearts, I know they fell away and Hibs have fell away, but, you know, they're beating teams. Livingston have, have, have also added something this season. And I genuinely think that there's there's an opportunity there if we can just go on a run. I think if any team this season goes on a run between six, seven, eight, maybe even ten games without defeat, then they're they're in a good position. And I think we get enough freshness in the in squad that I think the players have looked. I think we need to remember that Rangers started their season in July, you know, with the, the European campaign and all that kind of stuff. And I think recently, I think since the Rapid Vienna game, we've looked a wee bit stifled. If we get enough freshness in, in the right areas, then I think it's there. I genuinely think we have an opportunity because we don't know, nobody knows how this Celtic side would react to the pressure because they've simply, they've never had it. You know, come Easter, come Christmas, whatever it is, over the last two or three years, this side have been out of sight. So we don't know. Absolutely no idea how they're going to react. So I think it's there. I think it's the, we just need to find the right players and and just keep asking the question. And you know what? We've been there before. Helicopter Sunday, all the rest of it. We just kept asking the question, and on the final day, we got the answer. So no, I think it's there. And these two games—that's what makes these games, in my opinion, so vital. We beat Hibs, beat Celtic. As you say, we're top of the league and. And, and I know Celtic will be in hand, but it's, as a statement, it says we're in this. And yeah, who knows? I'm praying for it. Right, guys, one for the both of you. Uh, you know, obviously we've no beat Celtic in, in, a, in a number of attempts now, certainly since we've come back into the top flight. Is it now or never? You know, if, if we're going to win this title or even challenge for it, is it now or never on the 29th? David, I'll come to you first. Put me in the spot here. I'm going to sound slightly negative on this one because I think that we could still be in the title race if we avoid defeat against Celtic, assuming that we, we collect maximum points against Hibs and assuming that Celtic go to Petaudry and win, then I think if if we go into the winter break and we're no worse off in terms of the points behind Celtic, um, obviously they've got the game in hand, then I think that's that could still be a psychological boost to us. Having said that, obviously if we go and win next Saturday, assuming you know that we we, we take care of Habs first, which is going to be a bit a tough ask. Let's not be a bit of the bush, regardless of how um, ordinary Habs look on Wednesday night and how much they've, they've, they've uh, suffered through John McGinn and Dylan McGeoch moving on and Scott Allen to a lesser extent. If we manage to go into the Celtic game, having collected three points against Hibs and go and win. doesn't matter how we win. 
she won the match and we got into that one under break top of the table the management the scouts and the board deliver a couple of players possibly three get into the second half of the season in this January transfer window I think we're in with a shout and like you I think that we'll find out about how good a side Celtic are under pressure and uh, history tells us when Celtic are put under pressure for Rangers a lot of the time they can't handle it so uh, I'm going to be positive in this respect if we, if we go in and win the game next Saturday I think we're in with a more than a fighting chance of going to win the title Sure Yeah I, th- I think we can do it I'm not sure we will but as I said earlier I, th- I think we're more than capable and especially if we can strengthen but I do think we need to to keep applying that pressure and I think the best way to do that is for us to keep winning Celtic have dropped quite a lot of points this year a lot more than what I'd expect as I say I think they're in the away form table or something like sixth in that table so they're not going to be overly confident coming to Ibrox this weekend um, it's it's a bit a bit silly concentrate on, on, on the Celtic game and we've got a, a tough team to play first Um so I think David's right in, in that if, we, if we're no worse off than what we are now that in that being a point behind Celtic um, with them having a game in hand then I don't certainly not the end of the world however I think the more pressure we can exert the better on them and I think we really need to I mean you mentioned a statement earlier when we beat Hearts and that was, it was great the other week there when we did that and you think right let's kick on now and in the very next game we, we, we got beat by Aberdeen so we really can't afford to to do the same this week we need to go and beat Hibs on Wednesday we need to put all our efforts into that and then with the Celtic game you never know if somebody like Ryan Kent's back fit then it gives us another option in a creative sense and we can really try and hopefully take the game to them and I, I hope it's not a case of trying to keep it cagey and, and look to, to win by the odd goal and, and, and or even not so much play for a draw but not be overly upset with a draw I think, I think psychologically and mentally we, we need to beat Celtic again at some point I mean obviously we did it a few years ago at Hamden in the League Cup semi-final um, but we've never even really looked close to doing it since I mean I think we've had one or two draws and played well in patches we really need to go and do the business this Saturday against Celtic and really that, that, that was send out the biggest message of all and if we do that then yes I think we can win the league if we don't then I think there's still too many questions at this point however I think it's we've got to look at the bigger picture and I don't think it's the end of the world if we don't win the league this year um, I think we've got to stand by the team I think we've got to stand by the manager I think that there will be more improvements in the squad whether it's in January or in the summer I think we'll be able to try and move players on I mean there's, we've got an awful lot of dead wood that are out on loan and guys that just have to done the business guys like uh, Peña and Herrera you've got Jason Holt Joe Dodu and then you've got guys that we've mentioned already, you've got Lee Wallace, there's a lot of players that we need to move on and there's a lot of money to be saved there. So we really need to um, to get to, to, to do that and, and make changes to our squad and streamline it and add more quality. So whether or not we can do it this season or it'll be next season, I'm not so sure, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Right, moving on. We thought since it's the festive season, since Santa's uh, on his way in the next couple of days, we would have a discussion about you know some of our Christmas-related Rangers memories. Uh, and the, the only one that, that that me and the guys can think of is uh, it's one. It's one I can remember. I was at the game. It was twenty seventh of December, nineteen eighty six, Rangers against Dungeon United, and it was Graham Roberts 
debut. We signed him a couple of days before. And Rangers won 2 0. McCoy and Fletch scored. Graham Roberts was in, was was involved in the opening goal. He sort of ran through a few guys. Uh, David, I think you were there that day. Were you there that day? I was indeed, Colin. I was indeed. Where about were you? Sorry. Where about were you? I was I was in the Copeland Rear. Where were you? I was in the uh, I was in the, the Govan front at the Broom Loan end, a place where I, I hardly sat that season. Believe it or not, yeah, I can remember remember Robo running out the park that day and thinking. I will find somebody that can, that can battle, and uh, it's the scene for the goal. And I, uh, ah. that was that proved to be the case. And I think you've got a, a wee. Uh, well, do you mind the tackle on Eamon Bannon? I was just. I cemented Eamon Bannon. <laughs> cemented him. Cemented well, him. I think, I think he landed in the Govan rear. It was it was it was an absolute corker, and I, I I think see for a lot of people, especially younger younger fans today, who deal with transfer windows. You know, so they, they only expect signings to come at particular times of the year. See, when it when it was different, I, I thought I, I'm older and I'm a wee bit stuck in my ways, right? I accept that. But I thought it was better then. You know, when you needed a centre half, you know, you went out inside one. And Rangers that season, I think, I think they were about nine points behind Celtic at that stage in the season. And I think Sooners had identified, you know, we need to stiffen up the, the centre of defence. He brought in Roberts. Uh, I think he played right back initially, but you know he obviously realised he needed to to, to strengthen the defence, and just I just mind seeing this guy thinking, "Oh my god, it was it was like the best Christmas present you've ever had." And we went on, we went on that season to win the league. So yeah, a decent memory. I, 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 it's a game that always sticks in my mind. I yeah, I, I agree with you, Colin. I, I can remember remember coming away for that game and thinking, "I will find somebody that could possibly be the catalyst to." Changing our fortunes and going on to win the title. I know, as you see, rightly point out, we were, were nine points behind Celtic going into the. And it was only two game. points. It was only two points for a win then. That's right. No, I know. So, but um, I, I think uh, looking back, I think uh, I think them soonest didn't fancy Dave McPherson. Um, no, no, that was a big end to him. I think. Aye. And uh, I obviously Graham came in, and as I said before, they just looked like a machine. Played a part in the goal, and uh, I just, you know, it just came out. It was just fear, you know. You could see players looking at him, and uh, he's a unit, Graham Roberts, no particularly tall for for a centre central defender, but um, when he was hard at, as nails. oh, I had as definitely hard as when he, when he played with Spurs, he, he played in central midfield as well when he when required. So um, I was a tremendous tremendous signing. Uh, as you say, especially in the days when you know pre-transfer windows and stuff like that. So, yep, good stuff. Aye, I remember them. It was, as I said, I've still got my ticket stub. I'll, I'll dig it out and I'll stick it on Twitter. I think it was about three pound, three pound to get in. Oh, honestly, it's like two fifty, three pound. And I think if you if you go into the the old uh, interest rate calculator, it, it works out at something like twelve pound. In today's prices, which makes you makes you realise how much it's more expensive as to watch football these days. But I agree, Roberts. What about football kits? You never get any Rangers kits. You remember at Christmas? Aye. Um, for me, I got funnily enough the following season's kit at Christmas the the Umbro one, which um, fetches a pretty penny on eBay these days. The, 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 one squares. Was that? the, the squares on it. Aye, the squares Aye. with the Queen's Lager. I got that, that for your- Christmas. 
Was that your first one? No, no. My first stranger's kit was uh, was a pinstripe job. That was mine, aye. That was my one. I got it at Christmas, 19... I think it was 1982. 82, 82, 83, something like that. But, oh, aye, that was my... Was, and the, 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 they used to come at Christmas time, they used to come in the box. That's right, aye. Aye, so you, so you opened up and it was this umbro thing with the full top, shorts, socks. And that was you. And I always remember when I got it, I never had a pair of... Tra- Never had a pair of trainers at the time. So I was running about with all my pals. Like, we all had our Rangers and Celtic tops on, right? And I was the only one running about with a pair of Doc Martin boots on. So there you go. No trainers, Doc Martin boots, top, shorts, socks, docks. That was me kicking about on the 25th of December. What about you, Stuart? Nothing? Nothing for Christmas? I didn't I, I remember my first trip, my trip was a Liverpool trip, actually. It was also the pinstripe one. So, the, you know, the... The, the, the crown paints? Ah, uh, uh, the crown paints one. So you're sort of talking, what, the, the mid-80s. Sort of um, it, was, it wasn't long after that that I really started following Rangers properly, just before Sooners came, a year or two before that. But then I, I, one story I, I did have, I remember getting the, the Scotland tracksuit. Um, I kind of couldn't remember if it was, if it was the, the World Cup at the time or just after the World Cup. Um, and again, so sort of talking eighty six, eighty seven, around about there. Is it that silver one, the silver thing? It, no, it was. It was. It was. I did have the silver trousers, and it was like the sort of like striped top, sort of vertical striped top. But I remember I also got some roller skates, and uh, I remember going out in the roller skates. <laughs> was it turbos? Because I got a pair of turbos in eighty seven. I, I forget what, what what brand they were, but I remember going out with my wee brother on the roller skates, and I remember falling on, on the roller skates, which was quite icy, and I'd only been out five or ten minutes, and the big rip. In the bottom of the uh, the, the, the tracks at bottom. The trackies. <laughs> so I went back and and I got uh, hell off my my man da for for uh, ruining their their twenty or thirty quid or whatever it was. To, to so I think I think then I think since then I've never been trusted with anything like, like that for for them. So I'm not really a fit person to be honest. So oh no, I, I got I got them all tracksuits when I was a boy. I, I, it was it was always the one that you never had, you know. So if you had the home top, you wanted the away top. If you had Batham, you wanted the tracksuit. Uh, but you know, it wasn't. It was only up until my sort of my thirties, something like that, before I, <laughs> before I stopped all that carry on. Uh, so yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Right, that's all we've got time for this week on the Jers Net Weekly Podcast. A big thanks to Stuart and David for joining us. Excellent stuff from them, as always. And a big thanks to the chef, Graham, for his contribution. Next week, uh, Ross is hosting. It's the last show, the final show of 2018. We've made it to the end of the year. Ross is hosting. I'm on as a guest. And Stevie Clifford from Four Lads Had a Dream is also on. So look out for that. We'll obviously cover the, the Hibs game and the big game on the 29th against Celtic. In the meantime, you know, if you've enjoyed the podcast, share it let people know subscribe do whatever it takes we're always open to any feedback that you guys have got to help improve the show also get onto the jersnet forums at www.jersnet.co.uk loads of articles on there uh, the forums great stuff loads of loads of fellow-minded rangers fans just talking about rangers from everyone here at Jersnet, we would like to wish you a Merry Christmas. We hope Santa's good to you. We hope you all get the Rangers kits that you wanted and they're not from Sports Direct. In the meantime, until next week, bye for now. <laughs>